Happy Easter, Wawasee. It's uh, exciting to be with you here today on the best day ever. The best day ever at home. Uh, even though the building is empty, that's okay because so is the tomb. And it's exciting to be able to connect with you this way and celebrate Jesus' resurrection today. You know, I'm thinking a lot about all of you uh, just spread over the Wawasee area. And uh, also, I'm excited to welcome some of you. Maybe this is your first time joining us online. And if that's the case, welcome. Uh, those of you who've been connecting the last few weeks, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm, I'm so excited that you've chosen to spend some time with us this morning online. And I really look forward to the day where maybe we get to meet uh, in person when all of this mess is over. But you know, this has got to be the strangest Easter of my lifetime. Uh, from celebrating it in isolation, uh, yet gathered together online, to peep trivia. How'd you do on that quiz, by the way? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Uh, well, we take Jesus seriously, but we take one another uh, not that seriously, and we love to laugh. And so I hope you've had at least a few laughs this morning as we've gathered together. Uh, you know, it's the strangest Easter, but it might be the most needed Easter you've ever had. Finding yourself like so many other people all around the planet, stuck and burdened, uh, in need of hope. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to look to the, uh, the one who offers hope, the one who is in control, the one who gives freedom, and the one who is risen from the grave. And of course, that's Jesus. Well, Jesus lived most of his life in this area known as Galilee. In Galilee, there was no town called Galilee, but Galilee was actually uh, an area surrounding a lake. Let me show you. Uh, you can look at this map. Uh, Galilee would have been this area, and it surrounded the lake or the sea of Galilee. And uh, there wasn't a town, but the whole area was known by this lake in the middle of it. Does that sound familiar? It's kind of like our area, right? We live in Wawasee, and there's no town Wawasee, but there is a whole area known for the big lake in the middle. And that's where Jesus spent most of his life. And in uh, multiple times in the, in the accounts of the Gospels, we read about Jesus being out on the lake in a boat. One time he, he sailed across the lake to, uh, to minister to people on the east side, and then what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pick up an account of Jesus coming back across the lake, uh, back to Capernaum, which would have been up here on the northwest side, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. And so if you have a Bible, uh, great, you can, if you're watching this live, you can even look at it on the chat, near those chat tabs to my left or below me, depending what device you're on. And uh, why don't you open up there with me to Mark chapter 5, and let's read this together. See, uh, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, in other words, he's coming back to Capernaum, a great crowd gathered about him while he was beside the sea. Uh, he, he comes back and everybody knows he's coming and they're excited that he's coming and uh, they're waiting for him when he shows up. And there was one man in particular that Mark clues us into who came to meet Jesus when he got off the boat. His name was Jairus. See, uh, he was one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. 
Now let me just tell you a little bit about Jairus briefly. He's a ruler of the synagogue. So in a sense, he's kind of a, a pastor in Capernaum. He was in charge, uh, rulers of the synagogue were in charge of all kinds of different different things from scheduling services to helping teach people to administering the building uh, to making sure the live stream went out on time on a Sunday morning during, during the COVID-19 outbreak, right? Well, that's, that's Jairus. And uh, Jairus is, uh, he's, he was also in charge of then helping schedule people to come teach at the synagogue. And one of the people who had come to teach multiple times already here in Mark at the synagogue in Capernaum is Jesus. In chapter 1, we read about him coming and uh, healing a demon-possessed man and uh, people gathering all around to hear him teach. And uh, in chapter 3, another guy shows up with a, with a hand that's lame and Jesus heals that. And Jairus saw all these things happen. And now what's going on is Jairus runs down to the sea when he hears Jesus is coming back. And as soon as Jesus is off the boat, he runs to him and he, he falls on his face at his feet before him let's read why Uh, see he implored him earnestly saying my little daughter is at the point of death Uh, Jairus's daughter we're going to learn that she was 12 years old is sick and not just sick but she's dying and he's seen Jesus heal other people in the past and uh, the only person he can think of that's going to be able to help him is is Jesus And so he runs down to the shore and he meets Jesus when he gets off the boat. And he's like, Jesus, you have to come. My my little girl, my baby girl. Luke tells us that uh, it was was Jairus' only daughter. She's dying. Can you help? And he implores Jesus to come with him. And so uh, Jesus does. You know, I I wonder if maybe you find yourself in the spot of Jairus this week, where you're like, "Uh, Jesus, there is so much going on. I I don't know what else to do, but to turn to you, I need you to come. Well, then you can follow Jairus' lead. He makes a really good decision in, in running to Jesus in his time of need and reaching out to him. You can do the same. Let me encourage you, in fact, to do that. Uh, when, when you find yourself burdened, when you find yourself fearful, when you find yourself anxious, Jesus says, come to me. And you can go to him just like Jairus does. Now, uh, when Jairus goes, it tells us in verse 24 that, that Jesus went with him. And in fact, if you could see that in the original language, it, was, it, it, it implied that Jesus went urgently with him. Jesus was like, yeah, I care, let's go, here we go. Now at this point, Jairus has to be feeling a little bit of relief. His, his baby girl is dying, but, uh, but he has Jesus, the only one he could ever think of to heal her, coming with him. But there was one problem, because there was also a great crowd that followed him. And Capernaum was a small town, so they didn't have far to go to get to Jairus' house, but now this great crowd that was following Jesus and the, we read thronged about him. You can imagine how that slowed all of them down, right? You've been in crowds like that before, right? Like, have you ever uh, been that brave soul that goes to Walmart on Black Friday? You know, elbowing people trying to get through? That, that's Jairus taking Jesus back to his house in this instant. Well, we're going to pick up that story in a moment, but 
Mark actually takes us now on a little bit of a detour and introduces us to someone else, uh, this woman who pursues Jesus while they're on their way in the midst of the crowd. Look at this in verse 25. And there was a woman. uh, It seems strange that he would do this, but there's this woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. You can keep reading, but let me just kind of give you the summary. Uh, This woman had been bleeding, had been sick, had been suffering for 12 years. Jairus' daughter was suffering, but this woman had been suffering for over a decade. And in that day, one of the ways that God cared for his people in the Old Testament and up through the time of Jesus is he gave them certain ceremonial and purity laws Uh, that would protect the people from those who were sick or who might have some kind of a disease to prevent infection and to prevent uh, the spread or the outbreak of something that could hurt everyone. That was part of the reasons for many of those laws. And, And in this case, this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years now had had to have abided by uh, one of these laws for that entire time. And you can read about it in Leviticus chapter 15. And it, it says this, suppose blood flows from a woman's body for many days. And it, and, it, and it just continues and it doesn't stop. Well, then it says in verse 26, any bed that she lies on will be unclean. Anything she sits on will be unclean. And if anyone else touches any of those things that she's touched, they will be unclean. And they'll have to go bathe themselves and wash themselves and they'll be unclean until the evening. And uh, Well, okay, but what about when she's feeling better? Then what? Well, look at verse 28. Suppose the woman's been healed from her flow of blood, then she must wait for seven days. And after that, she'll be clean. Now this was in the case of, of when uh, the, the bleeding just wouldn't stop and, and she, there was something wrong. And for this woman, it was, can you imagine, 12 years? 12 years, and if we would look into this further, we'd find out that she would have had to uh, basically socially isolate herself, socially distance herself for over a decade. Can you imagine? It's only been like three or four weeks here, and I don't know about you, but I'm starting to go crazy, and I'm an introvert. (laughs) Imagine what that was like for this woman. in our age of medicine and healthcare, you know, some of these laws even seem strange, but they don't anymore, do they? So you can imagine what this would have been like for that woman. We keep reading again back in Mark 5. She had been to doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist. She spent all of her money on special treatments looking for something that would work, but nothing helped. In fact, it actually got worse for her. But then we read in verse 27 that she heard the reports about Jesus. I wonder what reports she had heard. Maybe it was the same ones Jairus had in mind of of him uh, casting the demon out of the man or of healing the other man's hand or uh, of of, of other miracles he had performed. And she thought to herself, uh, "If, if anyone can heal me, it's him. The same thought Jairus had, the same thought you might be having today. And so, like Jairus, uh, she reaches out to Jesus. But uh, Mark tells us she thought to herself, even if I could just touch his garments, I'll be made clean. And she probably thought that because for the last decade of her life, she's had to social distance. 
For the last decade of her life, anytime that she would go out in public, she would have to let everyone know that she was unclean. And not just like wear a mask in the grocery store, but like uh, shout unclean. And, and, and so I imagine as she approaches the crowd, as she approaches Jesus, the people who knew her might have been starting to shout and back away, unclean! You know, it, it'd be, it'd be kind of like you and I might flee from the close talker right now in this time of the outbreak. Like just, just take a few steps back, friend, then we can talk unclean and they they move away and so she goes up and uh, she approaches him from behind and uh, reaches out to touch his garment because she couldn't come in a normal way to him maybe she didn't even know how to approach someone in a normal way anymore but check out what happens in verse 29 and immediately after she touched the hem of his garment, immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Some of you, you, you suffer with different ailments and physical uh, conditions and you can just feel it in your body all the time. That's what life was like for this woman. And then as soon as she reaches out to and touches Jesus, she actually feels the pain go away. She feels herself be healed. Isn't that incredible? Can you imagine? She reaches out and touches him, and, and she's healed. But now, this might appear to be bad news for Jesus, because do you remember what we read in Leviticus? That uh, whatever she touched, if someone else touched it, what happened to them? They would become unclean. So, if her in her uncleanness touches Jesus, wouldn't she make him unclean? And if he's unclean, how is he going to be able to go to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and go in to see his daughter? I mean, th this creates all kinds of problems. But there's good news. Her uncleanness, her impurity did not make him unclean. In fact, the opposite happened. Some of you, you're, you're, you're afraid to go to Jesus because you feel like, uh, or, or you, you're hesitant to because you, you know the things that are wrong with you. I know the things that are wrong with me. And you go, Josh, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm so messed up. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the things I think. You don't know the things I struggle with. You, you don't know the things that have been done to me. There's no way I'm in a condition or I'm in a place to go to Jesus right now. Friend, that's exactly the time to go to Jesus. And, and for this woman, that was exactly the time for her to go, even though she was unclean. When she touches him, uh, it, she doesn't make him unclean. He makes her clean. Look at verse 30. Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. See, the reverse happened. His purity, his righteousness, actually overcame her uncleanness and made her pure, made her whole, made her new. Do you get it? Like that's the exact same thing he does for you and I when we trust him. His perfection, his purity, his righteousness is given to us. And we're made clean. No matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, when you come to Jesus, you become clean. 
Now, let's keep reading this account. Immediately, he turned around in the crowd, and, and he's like, hey, who, who touched my garments? Who was that? Remember, it's like, it's like the, the crowd at Walmart on Black Friday. I mean, it's just packed. I mean, his disciples said to him, you, you see the crowd pressing around you? What do you mean who touched you? Jesus, like, everybody touched you. Let's just come on. We've got to keep going. And I imagine Jairus especially is like, Jesus, we don't have time to stand around and look and talk to everybody. We've got to get to my daughter. But Jesus didn't go anywhere. He paused. Look at 32. He, he looked around to see who had done it. And then the woman, Luke, Luke told, tells us everyone had denied it, but the woman, uh, knowing what had happened to her, she, she came in fear and trembling, and she fell down before him, and she told him the whole truth. Friend, that's exactly how you come to Jesus. You, you just go to him, and uh, you might be afraid even to go to him like this woman was, but you go to him and you just lay everything out before him and you tell him the whole truth. Now in this moment, I wonder if this woman was a little bit uh, anxious of what was going to happen because she was unclean. What was she doing going to, to Jesus in this moment and let alone a woman touching the garment of a man in that day? She was fearful. But look at what Jesus does. Jesus looks at her and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of all your diseases. Jesus doesn't respond uh, in an angry way towards her. No, he responds with grace and with peace. And he calls her daughter. Do you get that? This woman he calls daughter, and not woman, he calls her daughter. In other words, uh, not only has her faith uh, allowed her body to be healed because of Jesus' grace to her, but her faith has totally healed her. And now she's been adopted into God's family, and she's been called a daughter. Do you know when, when you trust Jesus, you're called a son or a daughter of God, his child. And that's what happens to this woman and notice it isn't because she got everything all right and she got everything put together and, and she had everything in line. No, 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 no. It was her faith that made her well. It had nothing to do with her goodness and everything to do with Jesus' goodness. Friend, have you gone to Jesus? Have you reached out to him? Maybe you have some hang-ups. Maybe you would go in fear or in trembling like this woman. Maybe you're not quite ready to go to him. Well, uh, then I want to invite you to something we're going to start doing this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, Pastor Dave is going to be leading an online course for the next seven weeks called Alpha. And I say course, really it's, just, it's more of a community. And it's an opportunity for you to ask some deep questions and to interact with other people who are on that same journey. Even if you've been following Jesus, this might be a great thing for you. I want to show you uh, a little promo of it and invite you to be a part of it. Check this out. Every day we ask so many questions. What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions, like why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this?
arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with, is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. At 28, uh, I had gotten many of the things that I thought I wanted. You know, my girlfriend was on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would, I would never find happiness where I was looking for it. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, we'd be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. And I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. Well, hey, I really hope that you'll get signed up and be a part of Alpha. It's a great opportunity for you to reach out and, and explore who Jesus is, uh, learn more about who he is if you've already trusted him. Uh, you can email Pastor Dave, Dave at Wawasee Bible to get signed up, or just let us know right now in the chat if you're watching this live, and someone will open up a private chat with you and get your info so that we can get you the link. Well, we haven't wrapped up Mark's account yet. Uh, we, we've seen Jairus run to Jesus. We've seen this woman run and reach out to Jesus. And she's been healed. She's been made his, his she, he calls her daughter. But what about Jairus' daughter? She's still sick. And uh, Jairus has got to be a little bit antsy right now, waiting for Jesus to come with him. But there's bad news. Look what happens while Jesus is still talking. In verse 35, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, your daughter is dead. Jairus, don't, don't trouble the teacher any longer. Can you imagine if you're Jairus in this moment? Uh, it, it had been a roller coaster. You're watching your little girl, your only girl, suffer, and then you, you run to Jesus, and he's going to come, and he's going to fix everything. But now there's all these obstacles in the way. There's the crowd, and then the, now there's this other, other person, who, uh, th this woman who comes up, and she gets his attention. And, and, and what about me? What about my problem? What about my issue right now? Jesus, I need you. And, but Jesus hadn't forgotten in fact, before Jairus could even respond to the people who came from his house, Jesus jumps in. And he looks at Jairus and he says, uh, do not fear, only believe. 
Don't fear, only believe. And for the second time, we see Jesus say that faith is the antidote to fear. Remember the woman when she came? She, she, she came with fear and trembling to confess all that she uh, w- had done before Jesus, and he responded with grace as, because of her faith. And now uh, Jairus has the opportunity to either respond in fear or to trust Jesus in faith. And Jesus says, listen, the antidote to your fear is faith. Don't fear, only believe, Jairus. So uh, let's keep reading and see what happens. Uh, and he allowed no one to follow him, Jesus did, except for Peter, John, and James. They were kind of his inner circle among the disciples. And they came to the house of Jairus, and, and Jesus saw a commotion. People were weeping, and they were wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making such a commotion? Why are you weeping? The, the, the child's not dead. She's only sleeping. She had been dead for a little while now, and uh, the people who were there thought Jesus was crazy. In fact, uh, they went from weeping, <coughs> they went from weeping and mourning to laughing, and they laughed at him. Jesus, you're nuts. <laughs> you're late. <laughs> but he looked at them and he, he put them all outside, and he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him. Peter, James, and John, and they went in to where the child was. Taking her, check this out, taking her by the hand, he looked down at her, and he says, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Now, Talitha Kumai was Aramaic. Mark does that a few times. He translates what Jesus says in Aramaic to give us some reliability of the account. And, but check out what happens. Immediately the girl got up and she began walking for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. Friends, today is the, the greatest day ever when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And what we get here with Jairus' daughter is we get a picture, a foreshadowing of that resurrection and of our own resurrection. See, the Bible is clear that if you trust Jesus Christ, even if you die, you will live. If you believe in him, if you put your faith in him, even if you die, he will raise you again to life. And in fact, he gives you new life now and makes you a new creation. Well, we get this little picture of what that resurrection is going to be like here because think about this from the perspective of this girl. She, she opens her eyes and what's the, who, who's the first face that she sees? It's Jesus. Uh, who's the first touch that she feels? It's, it's Jesus's. Who's the first voice that she hears? It's Jesus. Friend, if you've trusted Jesus, one day when when you pass from this life into the next, if you've put your faith in him, uh, you'll close your eyes in one moment and you'll open them in the next. And the first face I believe you'll see will be Jesus. The first hand that you'll touch will be Jesus. The first voice that you hear will be your Savior, Jesus. But if you haven't reached out to him, if you haven't trusted him, that experience will be radically different. 
Reach out to him. Put your trust and your faith in Jesus' resurrection. Now, unlike this girl who was raised to, new li- raised to life and would eventually die again, Jesus, after he dies on the cross on Good Friday and raises back to life on Easter Sunday, he was dead. He raised to life never to die again. And, and we're told uh, in, 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 in Romans, we're, we're told this, that if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You, even you, even me, as messed up as I am. When you come to Jesus, he makes you clean. He gives you new life. And one day, if you're united with him, Romans also tells us that you will be united with him in a resurrection like his never to die again, always to be with him forever. Friend, today is uh, the most important day in the history of the world, the day that Jesus Christ defeated death and offered life to anyone who would believe in him. I wonder, have you reached out to him to believe in him yet? I'm going to close here in prayer, and as I pray, I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you've never trusted him, to trust him. And, and, and you'll hear me, and, and you can just uh, say the things that I say, repeat them in your heart, from your heart to God, as a prayer of faith. Because remember, the woman, she was healed, not because of any good things she did, but by her faith, she was made well. It's the same thing if you would simply believe you will be saved. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his perfect life. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sin in my place, even though he never sinned. And in so doing, uh, he didn't become unclean, but he made me clean. Jesus, I pray for my friends who have trusted you, that you would encourage them today as we remember your resurrection. And Jesus, I pray for my new friends today, uh, if they've never trusted you, that today and the power of your spirit might be the day that they would. Listen, if that's you, if you're thinking, you know, I I need to reach out to Jesus. I'm in a moment of need. I, I, I need him. Listen, just like he went with Jairus, he'll come with you. And if you want to trust him, You can simply pray pray this simple prayer of faith from your heart. Just repeat after me. There's nothing magical about it. It's all about your motive in, in praying it to him. Just pray to him. Jesus, I reach out to you. I realize that I need help. And I realize you're the only one who can help me. I believe in my heart, Jesus, that you rose from the grave on this day. And I trust that one day by believing in you, you too will raise me from the grave. That you forgive me, that you love me, that you call me your own. And so I trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friend, if if you prayed that today, There's a little box right now if you're watching this live on the screen where you can let us know. 
And if you're watching a replay of this, you can even click request prayer and that'll uh, send an email to us and we would love to know about that to help you now live this new life that you've received. Listen, if you made that decision, it is the greatest decision of your life. If you're not ready yet, that's okay too. You're still loved. Jump in on Alpha Tuesday night and know that you're loved by us and you're loved by Jesus. Friends, happy Easter. He's risen. He is risen indeed. And you are loved.